What's up, everybody? Derek here with The Break Podcast. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I am super excited for 2019. Got a lot of cool things that are going to happen with The Break this year and other projects I'm working on. So looking forward to a great 2019. I wanted to, I threw this podcast together really quick here. Uh, I didn't plan on doing one today, but I'm up at the office putting together a video for Browning Trail Cameras for the upcoming ATA show. That's next week, actually. And we're doing the podcast at the ATA show. So I was starting to put this stuff away and I figured, you know what? I need to talk about a few things and I want to talk about a few things that's been going on with me here lately. But I wanted to remind you about the Browning Takeover podcast coming from the ATA show. So before we get into all that, I got to talk about my partners, Browning Trail Cameras, which I just mentioned, and we'll be doing the podcast there in the Browning Trail Cameras booth at the ATA show. They are our title sponsor. Check them out if you ever need a trail camera. Browning Trail Cameras makes the best trail cameras. There are for the money, hands down, no doubt. Give them a try. You'll love them. Our other partners... And I'm just going to breeze through them. Banks Outdoors, one of our great partners for deer hunting, blinds, feeders. Visit banksoutdoors.com. The Neistat Foundation, they work with veterans, helping them readjust to civilian life after a tour of duty. They're a great organization. If you have some dollars that you're willing to donate to various charities, support our military, please visit Neistat dot org k-n-i-e-s-t-e-d-t dot org uh, browning is our great partner of ours for guns hunting apparel and ammunition visit browning.com for hunting apparel or their guns obviously the best there is and then browning ammunition to check out their new ammo indian creek shooting systems we use their choke tubes for our Turkey guns, our waterfowl guns, and also if you're using a shotgun for a predator. But they also make choke tubes for any anything, really. So check out their choke tubes, Indian Creek Shooting Systems. That's IndianCreekSS.com. It's Indian Creek Shooting Systems. iScope Optics make a device that you can mount your smartphone to a scope if you wanted to film your hunt or a spotting scope with the iSpotter. So check out iScopeOptics.com and record your hunt. HHA Sports is our archery site, our bow site partner, the leader in single pin adjustable sights, HHASports.com. Alps Outdoors, they are a pack partner as well as other waterfowl hunting gear, portable blinds. Visit Alps Outdoors with a Z. Dot com. Bison Coolers is our great cooler sponsor. They make everything from high-end coolers, vacuum seal coolers, to tumblers, custom tumblers, soft coolers. Visit bisoncoolers.com to check out all of their products. Vortex Optics is our optics partner. Binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, range finders. Probably missing something, but... If you visit their website, you can check it out. Vortex, what is it? Vortexoptics.com. And then Hunter Specialties is our partner for a number of things. Or Sent Away Spray, everybody's heard of that if you're a deer hunter. Make turkey, 
calls, deer calls, turkey decoys. They specialize in hunters. Hence the name, Hunter Specialties. Check them out at Hunter's Spec. Hunterspec.com. H-U-N-T-E-R-S-P-E-C.com. That's the short version of their website. Also, our local partners, Chris Willis RV in Dexter, Missouri. Ultimate Flooring and Paint in Sykeston, Cape Girardeau, and Dexter, Missouri. MK Supply in Benton, Missouri. Matthews Archery. And then some of our other partners. Huntress View is a friend of ours. Their organization, their support women hunters. So check them out, HuntressView.com. Hooker Mountain Outfitters is one of our partners. That's the guide we use primarily in Western Hunts. Really the only one that I use. So check them out, Hooker Mountain Hooker Mountain Outfitters.com. All right, I'm going to get into this podcast. We're talking about the ATA show. We're talking about a hunt I just did at Hooker Mountain Outfitters. It was awesome. Here we go. This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to The Break Podcast. Well, it is January, and that means trade show season is upon us. There's a lot of them that I hit here coming up. I've been going to these trade shows for the last, I don't know what, seven or eight years, something like that. I think this is going to be my eighth ATA show. I think that's right. Um, the ATA show, it's a, it's a trade show for archery dealers. Primarily, so archery shops they come in visit pretty much any archery dealer or any archery manufacturer, where it's a bow manufacturer, sights, anything archery equipment and hunting equipment. Um, I guess it's pretty much everything except firearms, for that matter. That's at the ATA show, firearms and ammunition. But uh, they'll all be there to show off their new products. Dealers can go in and shoot the new bows, check out the new arrows, look at the new broadheads, check out the new hunting apparel, whatever it is. Anything, everything with regard to hunting will be at the ATA show. So it's awesome. For me, as a hunter, I get to go in there and check out all the new products. But being involved in the industry as well, it's an awesome time to go visit all of our partners that are going to be there. And I think almost everyone will be there. Indian Creek won't be there because they make a choke tube. So they won't be there. Uh, Bison coolers won't be there either. They'll be at a show I'm going to later, but I think every other partner will be there. So it's a good time for me to run in and say hello to everybody that works with us. Um, and then I'm primarily there working in the Browning trail cameras booth. Um, just going through all the new camera products or new camera models that are coming out and they have some awesome ones coming out, which you will hear about at the ATA show, because we're going to do this podcast, which Tom and I talked about in the last podcast we did. If you listen to it, I got Tom on the phone, but Browning is going to take over the break podcast and we're going to do a lot of 
of podcasts there, a lot of different episodes. So we're going to talk about the new products from Browning Trail Cameras. Um, and there are, again, there are a lot of cool ones. I can't wait to get my hands on some of these new ca- trail cameras. Um, but we're also going to talk to a lot of hunting TV personalities. I always hate to say celebrities, but a lot of the TV shows that you watch, we'll be talking to him or Tom Rainey will be talking to him. He's going to host the, the Brown during the Browning takeover. So Tom will talk to Levi Morgan, Levi and Samantha on their show. Um, bow life. We'll talk to Don and candy Kiske from whitetail freaks and probably some other freaks that might be there as well. Whitetail freaks. I don't think Jason, uh, Bosaw is going to be there. I think he'll be there. Um, so he may be on the podcast. Who knows? We'll also talk to, let's see, Hal Schaefer from Drop Zone. Um, I think Zip will be there as well. He usually is, I think. But anyways, I know Hal will be on the podcast. Uh, who else are we going to talk to? John and Gina Brunson from Addicted to the Outdoors. going to talk to them. Uh, Brad Miller from Country Boys Outdoors. Brad Miller, the NBA star he'll be there talking to us uh who else am i leaving out dang it the guy uh, see who else who else am i thinking here the guys from uh, bowhunter tv they will be there um and then of course you'll get to talk to me as well the host of the great tv show the break i'll be talking to tom tom will interview me but you guys already know everything there is to know about me so you can skip that one if you want to but it's going to be a good time and i can't wait to get there because it's always cool to hang out with some of the other tv people um you know i always like to get some advice from them they're probably sick of me asking questions on how they've gotten so successful um, and I'm just trying to keep my head above water here, but it's, uh, it is always a good time to talk to everybody. So I'm looking, really looking forward to that. And then also big Browning, I always say big Browning, Browning, the mothership. I think they will have some of their shows on the podcast as well. Um, I think possibly Sean D will take over there. She's, uh, within marketing, at uh, at Big Browning. So I think she's going to host some of her television shows as well. I'm not sure who, but uh, I think Ralph and Vicky might be one of them. So yeah, it'll be a good time to get to know some of those TV shows that you'll watch more on a personal level. So it, that will be fun. And then again, we'll, have, we'll be dropping in to talk about various products from Browning Trail Cameras, Browning. Browning's releasing a new rifle this year that I am super stoked about. If you didn't see that, it's on, if you just go to browning.com, I think it's called the max long range. In fact, I'm going to punch it up here on this, on my laptop here, new products, rifles. As you open their webpage, it's right on the first. There it is. The new X bolt max long range hunter. So you've got a, well, it's a, fully adjustable stock um looks more like i don't know if you want to call it a sniper stock or a tactical stock it uh 
it looks really cool and it's an awesome price range too uh it's gonna retail between what 1269 so tw- 1270 bucks up to 1330 so you're talking about what looks to be like a super custom rifle with it looks like an aftermarket stock, what would be an aftermarket stock that was, should cost you several thousand dollars, you're going to get for half that. I can't wait to take a look at it. It won't be at the ATA show, but it will be at the SHOT show. But I'm going to try to get Shondi on this podcast um, and have her talk about it. I can't wait to check it out. I hope it's at the ATA show, but I doubt it will be. Pretty sure they won't even let a gun in there. Either way, I'm stoked to try that rifle out, but... I would encourage you to follow us on the Facebook page. You can probably follow Browning Trail Cameras. Give their page a like and a follow and maybe even click notification. So every time they post something up, it will be you'll get a notification and you'll be able to to listen to the podcast there because we're going to post it on their Facebook at least a link to uh, where you can to, to this podcast that you can listen to. So anyways, follow their page. Uh, just type in the search bar of Facebook, Browning Trail Cameras, and that will take you right to their page. You can also follow the break page because I will post it on there as well if you're not following it already. And it's you can type in the search bar, the break TV, or just type in hunt the break. All one word, and that should pull up the page. Yeah, it did. Pull it up. First, first one on the top, the break TV. You'll see our logo there with the American flag. It's overlaid on the American flag. So, yeah, give that page a like. Give it a follow and put click on there, get notifications, just so you can, you'll be updated as soon as every podcast episode is uploaded. And we're going to do several a day, five or six a day. Who knows? If anybody interesting comes by that we feel like we want to talk to or that Tom feels like he wants to talk to, we'll pull them in for a quick podcast and uh get that uploaded so it's going to be fun it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun um i would say maybe the majority of it is just going to be fun talking to the tv personalities and getting to know them and uh the other stuff will be informational but we'll let you know what we're doing there can't wait can't wait ata shows is a heck of a lot of fun so yeah i would follow along um and then after ATA show, which we're not going to do the podcast, but I've got shot show that I'm going to go to. And that's always cool. Cause there you can, there you'll see everything except archery. Um, so all the, the gun companies will be at the shot show as well as, I mean, the majority of it's not hunting. The majority of it is law enforcement, uh, military tactical stuff. Um, but there is a big wing of hunting stuff, which, Again, I'll be working there as well in the Browning Trail Cameras booth. Um, but, yeah, it's cool to go to that one to see all the new guns. And that's where I'll finally probably get a look at the new Browning Max Long Range, uh, X-Bolt Max Long Range rifle. Yeah, that thing is, man, it's cool looking. So, yeah, I can't wait to to check it out. And then also the Browning, well, Browning will have all their clothes at the ATA show which are clothes, you need to check them out. If you're in the market for good, high-quality clothes, check out the Brownings because they're they're super nice. So, yeah, I can't wait to check all that out as well. And then hit all of our other partners at the ATA show and at the SHOT show. 
Man, it's just a hunter's and shooter's playground. Unfortunately, it's not open to public. You have to be a dealer or somehow involved in the industry to to get in there. But uh, I'm lucky that I get to go. Always a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's coming up. wanted to tell you about the trade shows, um, especially about the ATA show, Browning Takeover of the podcast. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that's about it. So, that yeah, that's next week. I'm leaving next week. So I was packing up all this podcast stuff, and I, I wanted to get in here to obviously remind you about the Browning Takeover. But I wanted to tell you about the coolest hunt that I just went on. I didn't come back with anything. I didn't kill, but there's it's more than just killing, obviously. As hunters, we know that. But I went on a mountain lion hunt at Hooker Mountain Outfitters in Hayden, Colorado. So Tom Coster invited me out there um, to hunt with himself and his partner, Bud, on, on their place to, obviously, go mountain lion hunting. Now, generally, if... They usually don't bring in a hunter unless they've got a cat on their land. So kind of what happens is they will ride their snowmobiles around their farms, their properties that they own or lease, and look for a cat track in fresh snow. Well, this year, or well, so yeah, when they find one that's on their property and hasn't left, so they've got property that's ranging from... 500 acres to a couple thousand maybe 2500 i can't remember but or even more that they have access to i think one property is gosh it's probably eight or nine ten thousand acres i think they said they have access to so they take their snowmobiles and ride the the edges of the property or ride through the property when they find a cat track they make a big loop and if the cat hasn't left, they know it's on the property and they go hunt it. So normally they like somebody local. They like to have somebody local that they can call and they can be out there, you know, that same day within an hour or so. And they start walking the, the track down and they get into a spot that if they have to let the dogs go, they let the dogs go and they tree the cat and harvest it they kill it it's part of the deal so the limit there, there's a quota on the unit each unit in Colorado has a quota and they were getting down there was I think there was five was the the quota for the particular unit that Hooker Mountain is in right now the majority of the land they have access to I think they have access to well they do have access to property in two different units but their main unit only had two cats remaining i think the quota was five there were three killed the conditions were perfect they knew there were some cats around the area and these things they've got i think tom was telling me or bud was telling me one of them you know their their range is like 40 square miles or something crazy like that i looked it up at one point but i couldn't remember if it was 20 40 60 square miles but it's a huge area so that's why it's hard to just go out there and hunt because you don't know if the pro, you know a cat's going to be in that little area that they're able to hunt. Now you know if a couple thousand acres seems like a lot of area to hunt, but not to a cat. I mean, he can move through that literally in you know twenty minutes probably. 
But so anyways, but the conditions were perfect. So they called me, Tom called me last week, early last week, and basically just said, you need to get out here because there's cats in the area. The conditions are going to be perfect. We're calling for snow. So there's going to be a fresh layer, fresh, uh, fresh snow on the ground and it's going to be perfect. It's cold. It was negative six degrees when we got out there. Conditions were perfect for cats to move. So myself and Joe Hain, the turkey professor, I called him and said, you know what? Well, he called me wanting to meet to get me some SD cards of his for his footage, or I was going to get his back, whatever it was. And I told him, I said, well, I'm passing through your house, your your area tomorrow as I'm headed to the airport. He's like, oh, well, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to Hooker Mountain Outfitters for a mountain lion hunt. And he said, so where are we going? When are, or, when are we going? So he ended up going with me to video it. So we got out there and negative six degrees that first afternoon. What did we get out there? Well, we got out there the about noon. We caught an early, super early morning flight on, um, what was it? Thursday, I think last Thursday. And we got out there about noon. It's still cow season, cow elk season in Colorado. So Tom and Bud had a couple of cow hunters in, um, so we kind of tagged along with them that evening, that first evening, and just looked around in the area that they were hunting, looking for cat tracks. Um, didn't really look that hard. We were just mainly hanging out with them. So the next morning rolls around, and Bud and I and Joe met, and we started snowmobiling, looking for looking for cat tracks. And let me tell you, I don't know if you, any of you guys have, or I'm sure some of you listening have been snowmobiling before, but this Missouri boy was my first time, and it's not like riding a four-wheeler, I can promise you. We're moving through there, and so the first morning, we were riding on tra- um, like a trail already, a, a trail that Bud has you know, been around for well, he already made the trail, so he cut the fresh snow, and it was a little bit of a packed trail. So the first morning, right out of the gate, we stay on it. Bud's leading the way. I'm behind Bud some of the way, and Joe's behind me or vice versa, but we're following Bud. And we're on the trail. It's not a big deal if you can keep it on it, but the biggest thing with riding a snowmobile, you got to balance with your body, and a lot of your turns – our weight is a weight transfer. I mean, you're turning the skis in the front, but you also have to transfer your weight in order to make a turn. So we're cruising along. We're starting to figure it out. And then Bud starts, you know, he's got to make some turns, some sharp turns in order to turn around or whatever we're doing. So if you, I would, well, let me just tell you, I was following Bud. Actually, I was following Joe. It was Bud, Joe, and me. And actually we're getting up into a field. We're having to turn around and it's fresh snow. So Bud's turning around and they're kind of going slow and we're on the side of a mountain and it was cool looking. And I'm just kind of just 
looking around, looking at all the scenery and looking for cat tracks or whatever I'm doing. And literally in about a half a second, I'm looking up the mountain. Next thing I know, I'm face first in the snow. If you get your ski, your one of your front skis slightly off the pack trail and your weight's not transferred right, if you're a he- little too heavy on the side of the fresh snow, the whole front end just goes down and you're thrown off this thing. Basically, you turn it over on its side. So I fall face first in the snow, pick it up. Nobody saw me, but I told on myself after I watched Joe go face first into about waist deep snow. That's the other thing. You're cutting a new trail and the snowmobile, when you're cutting a new trail, you'll see the trail. It'll be maybe a foot deep from the fresh snow, but if you have to get off a number of times, you slightly get off the side and your nose will bury, but you, you didn't turn over because you're starting to figure out the weight transfer, but you got to jump off in order to kind of push your snowmobile, give it some gas with the throttle and kind of help it get out of the deep stuff. So the, the snowmobile is only a foot down, but when you jump off, you jump off in waist deep snow. That's how far you sink and you feel like you're not even touching the bottom then. But it's a struggle. But I watched Joe go face first. So after I watched him, I had to tell him that, yeah, it happened to me too. No big deal. But so that first morning, we're riding, and we probably ride 20 miles maybe on snowmobiles, cutting tracks. And then Tom called us, uh, called us because he took the elk hunters um, that morning. And he asked us where we were, and we told him where we were at. And he's like, well, I've got, I've got a cat track over here. So we loaded up the snowmobiles from wherever we were, headed back to the trailer, um, and headed over to where Tom was at, and got the dogs, headed out behind camp, is actually where this cat was. Um, Tom had found an elk kill. It was a calf elk that the mountain lion had killed, and he saw tracks around it, fresh tracks, that were probably there this morning. So... We got the dogs. It was in a spot. The plan was if we spotted a cat track and we looped around and we pinpointed where the cat would be, if it wasn't too difficult, if we were able to, we we're going to walk it down, try to stalk within shooting distance. I had my uh, Browning X-Bolt 308, um, so you know I was comfortable definitely out to 200 yards with it. So that was going to be the plan if it was in a position where we could walk the cat down. Well, this particular area, Tom said it was impossible to walk it down because it was too open. The cat would see us before we could even move into a shot, so within range to a shot. So uh, the decision was made to just let the dogs go and try to tree this cat. So we're looking at a big side of a big high mountain um and we're back off kind of on the bottom of it outside of a creek i mean on a little shelf where we're watching like an alfalfa field i think was behind us but so we're, we're sitting there watching and tom he can spot a track a cat track versus an elk track from a distance and so can bud and it's just how the you can look and see how the track's you know, the, the prints are in the ground or in the snow, how they're spread out is how you can tell if it's a cat 
or an elk from a distance. Um, so Tom, we're sitting there and just watching these dogs work. So we let the dogs go by the, by the elk kill and they just found the, you know, found the track, the scent from the track and they started working their way up the mountain and Tom, he can see this cat track and where it's headed and it's headed to the top, basically to the top of the mountain where there's a rock face and it looks like a cave. Um, from what we can tell up there, it looked like a cave went into the side. So he's watching those, he's following the tracks and he says, well, I'm following the tracks all the way up towards that rock face. And that's where it ended. He couldn't see over the other side of it, but he said, you know, that cat might be right up there in those rocks somewhere. And sure enough, the dogs are right on that trail that Tom picked out. And he even said, he's like, oh yeah, the dogs are right on that trail. So we got the camera running. Joe's got the camera running and I'm watching in my binos, just watching up there by that rock face, waiting for something to come out. And those dogs are slowly working up there. Bud's got three dogs, two of them. He just got, I think one of them he's had for a year or two and it's a good dog. And the other two. One is, you know, I guess they're both kind of pups. It's younger than two years old. One of them is a year and a half, maybe, I think Bud said. Um, and apparently it's got some experience mountain lion hunting uh, from the person he bought it from. I think that guy said he's been on six or eight hunts. And then the other one is just a puppy. So the other one's probably, I don't know, definitely less than a year old for sure. So it's kind of clueless out there. It's not really, it doesn't really know what to do. The, the main hunting dog, I can't remember the dog's name, but, uh, it's a black and tan, but it was nose down right on that trail. The little puppy was kind of just following it and it would run ahead a little bit, fall behind and just run circles. It was playing is what it looked like. Well, it just kind of ran up towards that rock face as it's getting close and it got about 20 yards maybe 10 yards maybe from that cave and stopped and out jumped a cat and there was a big like tower rock probably 15 feet high just kind of a pointy rock and with like two leaps one on the side of it and one on the top that cat was perched on top of that rock face instantly and it looked like a big one. It looked like a, a big Tom and Coster, Tom Coster even said, he's like, I think that's one of the big Toms that has been around here. Well, that little puppy didn't know what in the heck was going on. It kind of turned around and ran back, but the other dog that was nose to the ground, it was going right towards the cave. And then the cat jumped off the rock and ran down the hill. And I think that the older dog, the one that was, that led him right to the cave, Nose down, it went over the side of the ridge, and then the bark, you know, it's like a, it's kind of like a beagle, if you're a rabbit hunter, where they get on a trail, a fresh trail, and they start barking as they're running. So this dog's barking, 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 and Bud and Tom knew where this, they had a feeling where this cat was going to run. Once it jumped off that tower rock, we couldn't see it. Well, it, uh, they thought it was going to run down the hill towards a creek bed so 
we ran back, jumped on our snowmobiles and headed toward where Tom thought it was going to, where it was running. And sure enough, by the time we got there, the cat's already in the tree and the dogs are right under it. And about this time is when the puppy figured out that, okay, I know what I'm doing here. I'm barking or I'm hunting cats. And it was right under the tree with the other two dogs as they treed that thing. And this, the tree that this thing was in, well, so it's in a tree, the dogs are barking and, you know, we start walking down to it to check it out. And Tom, of course, is, I mean, he's a mountain man. He says, well, come on and take a look at this thing. Let's, and he's walking right under this tree. And of course, Joe and I, first time we've seen, actually, it's the second time I've seen a mountain lion in, perp, in person. Uh, the other time was at Hooker Mountain Outfitters elk hunting. I talked about it on here before, but uh, it kind of, an elk or a mountain lion snuck up on us elk hunting when I was calling. It thought it, I was a cow elk making calls and it was coming to hunt us but back to this story second time i've seen one first time joe haynes seen a mountain lion in person and uh tom's telling us well let's walk right under it so we walk down there and you know just the look in this cat's eyes i mean it and tom said this to me before he's like just wait till one looks at you and it's just like they're staring right through you and that's the exact feeling that you have i mean it's just it's just a wicked, a wicked stare looking into their eyes. But we walk down there and then we see that it's a female. So Colorado, I mean, you can kill females, obviously. Uh, well, not obviously, probably don't know that. Maybe not know that, but it's legal to kill a female. It's legal to kill any cat if it's not a, it's legal to kill any cat except a cub with spots or the female that is with cubs. So you can't kill, those are the only two cases that it would be an illegal harvest. So um, we could have killed this cat. It was a female, but it was by herself. It was a big female um, from a distance. Again, Tom thought it was a, he thought it was a, a one of the big Toms. Um, but we looked it over and we couldn't believe it that it was a female. So there at, you know, Tom and Bud on their property, again, they can, it's legal to take it, but it's still about managing. So that area that, you know, there's on their area, they figure they had a couple few females around there, but five or six big Toms that have been moving through there. So their goal is to balance the herd, balance the whatever pack population I don't know what you call mountain lions, but uh, balance the population and they don't kill females. So we decided, and it's my first one, um, but nevertheless, it's still about management. It's still about being the sportsman and doing the right thing. So we didn't, we decided not to take it. Um, so yeah, that's what we did. So the cat's up there, and we just started taking pictures. Well, the cat is kind of, is in a tall tree. He's probably, tw she, she's probably 25 feet up, 20, 25 feet up in this tree. And the tree kind of wise away, kind of wise towards the top. So she's got her two front feet on one side of the, you know, one trunk, one branch, and her back feet on another. And she's kind of spread out. They're probably, 
five feet apart or so, these two branches that it was standing on. And we could tell she wasn't comfortable up there. And Tom and the landowner, the person he leases the land from, they're literally at the base of the tree looking up right beside the dogs. And Joe Hain and I were standing back probably 20 feet from the base of the tree. And I could tell that cat was wanting to come down. And I'm looking at it, and I tell these guys, like, boys, I think she's coming down. And she's looking around, and all of a sudden she takes a couple steps down that tree and adjusting to jump. And here she came. She jumped out of the tree from about 15 feet onto the ground. Right next, had to have been within 10 feet of Tom Coster, the, the guide probably less than that and takes off joe hayne and i he's running the camera was getting a tight shot actually of her at that time and then she started moving and he kind of let go of the camera for a second trying to figure out what she's going to do and i kind of got the gun ready in case she was coming to me but she ended up jumping down and running away from us and of course the dogs right on her tail again well, she ended up tr- jumping up into, into another tree of oak brush. So if you know what oak brush is, it's like it's like an oak tree, but it's a bush, basically. And it's about, I don't know, 8 feet high, 8 to 12 feet high is, you know, the, the tallest these this oak brush will get. Well, she jumped into the top of that. So she's about 7 or 8 feet off the ground, and the dogs are right under her just hammering away, barking at her. And she's up there, and what's cool is when you see a cat, I mean, a mountain lion is just like a house cat. The way they react and, you know, defend themselves or whatever it is. So I've got, we've got a house cat, or it's not a house cat, it's an outside cat, but we've got a pet cat. Um, And we feed it on... We feed it up on the counter in the garage so the dogs can't get to her, to its food, his food. Um, so Maggie, my lab, she barks at cats like crazy in our house, you know, our pet cat. So our pet cat's on the counter, beating Maggie will jump up there, you know, lean against the counter and bark at her or at him and our, our pet cat you know, he'll sit back, crouch down, and he'll wind up that front foot and just whap Maggie right in the face. Well, this mountain lion is doing the same thing. It looks like a house cat up there. It's the same same mannerism. So these hound dogs are barking at this mountain lion at the top of this oak brush, again, about seven, eight feet off the ground. And when these dogs are jumping up, so they're probably five feet you know, stretched out, standing on their, their hind end. And when they jump, you know, they're getting up to about six feet and that cat, you can just see it winding up its front right paw perched on the top of this thing. When one of those dogs would jump up there, it just wind up and just smack one of these dogs as they're jumping up there. And it actually cut one of, one of Bud's dogs, um, had a good cause bleeding like crazy, but it didn't stop that dog. It's just going after this cat but uh, really cool to see how that how those mountain lions act 
with these with these dogs and just you know it's just such an awesome hunt so i mean if we don't kill the cat we got to get the dogs off off the cat and it's you can't call them to you they don't i mean they're so in the moment that you know they just don't they're not coming in to you, to you tell them to come here so bud and tom They've got to go down there and get the dog. So they are literally, this cat is, and it's probably a, uh, I think Tom figured it was between 120 to 130 pounds. A big, again, a big female. They've got to go down under this oak brush and pull their dogs away, basically. So this cat is seven or eight feet up in this tree. Tom six foot one six foot two guy walking under this cat to pull these dogs out so these dudes just crazy joe and i stayed up about 50 yards away to to video it and i don't know they have a lot more guts than i do but it was crazy it was an awesome thing to see i guess they've been around cats so so much that you know they know what they're going to do. And even Tom would say, if you've got dogs there, the cat is focused on the dogs and that's it. Where it can get hairy and a little bit of a dangerous, more dangerous hunt is when you don't have dogs and you corner a cat. That's when it can get a little scary. But uh, with the dogs there, those guys didn't seem to care at all being right under this cat. I mean, they literally walked under it. And kind of crouched down. I will say that. They crouched down, so I guess that cat couldn't reach them with one of their paws. But they kind of got down on their knees and grabbed their dogs and put them on leashes. And that cat just stayed up there the entire time until we left. And I assume it jumped down and went about its way. But I tell you, it is awesome, man. I can't wait. I mean, yes, I'm disappointed. Well, disappointed that I didn't kill, but... We uh, ended up, so that was the first day. So then next day, we rode snowmobiles over multiple properties. Probably rode 50 miles on snow machine on snow machines and cut a ton of tracks. But it all the cats had moved through the property, um, with the exception of one property. We found one cat that they that Coster and Bud assumed based on the size of the track that it was a tom a male cat so we were gonna go after it but we're getting down to the last hour and a half to two hours of daylight so it's just not enough time to release the dogs and depending on how far that cat would run or how far he was from the track you know it may be a half a mile, a mile from the track that the dogs are tracking down, and then we got to walk through all that snow. You know, when they release the dogs, it may be several hours before you finally get on that cat. And with only an hour and a half, two hours of daylight, it just wasn't enough time. We'd have been out there at night and trying to find the dogs, and it would have been a nightmare. So the plan was to just wait till in the morning and get after it. But the problem was calling for snow that next morning. And that's exactly what happened. It was snowing like crazy all morning. And you can't cat hunt when it's snowing because you're out there looking for tracks. And 
I mean, unless you're on a cat that's right beside you, you know, the snow is going to cover the tracks pretty quick. So we didn't even get a hunt that third day. So I had to leave that day as well. So I come home empty handed, but I'm definitely, definitely going back because it's such an awesome hunt. Even though Joe Hain, the turkey professor was talking about, this might be his new favorite type of hunting his new favorite hunt is hunting mountain lions because you get number one, you get to ride snowmobiles a lot looking for tracks and riding through the mountains on a snow machine, riding through fresh snow and getting on top of that mountain. I took some awesome pictures. We're on the top of this mountain, this cliff and just able to see the whole Valley just for, I don't know how many miles we can see and just seeing all the snow and you're getting up there in the pines and the spruce trees and that snow on it it's just i mean it's literally awesome it's just really cool but it's a ton of i mean it's hard work riding those those snowmobiles especially on a guy that's never done it you know trying to battle that i'm sure it's a lot easier for bud and tom because they're you know they've been doing it forever but negative six degrees when we started and it would get up to about 10 degrees 15 degrees during the day but you know i'm sweating literally from running that snow machine but the engine's below you so that generates heat and then your the handlebars are are heated so that helps as well but it's uh i thought i was going to be freezing cold out there when i looked at the forecast but you're not you're you're so busy working that snow machine that it's uh it keeps you keeps you heated but it's awesome, man. I, I love it, man. It's, mountain lion is a bucket list hunt for me. I'm glad I got to do it. I'm glad I got to experience that cat. Um, you know, watching the dogs work and got it up close and personal with that first cat. It was, it's cool, man. But uh, hopefully, yeah, I'm going to go back next year and get another crack at it and hopefully be able to, to kill a good Tom. I mean, it's, you know, it's something I want. And, you know, a lot of people, it's controversial. There's so many, I don't know, anti-hunters or even people that don't necessarily disagree with hunting for some reason get bent out of shape with mountain lion hunting um, or any lion, any predator hunting for that matter. And it, I don't know. It just blows me away kind of. But, you know, the biggest thing is I guess people just don't understand it's still management, you know, you still have to manage the predators as well. You know, they don't manage themselves. We're their only, we are the, you know, people, humans are the ultimate predator. You know, it's our job to manage the whole grand scheme and we're doing it again. You know, I've never killed a mountain lion. Probably if, you know, if I didn't know any better and I was out there by myself, I would have killed that female for sure. But when you, when you talk to like Tom and Bud, you know, they talk about the importance of managing, you know, knowing what's on their property, knowing the, the amount of females that are there, the, uh, the amount of males that are there and, you know, still knowing that, you know, they need to take out some Toms and that's what we're hunting. And again, would have been my first cat. It looked huge to me. It had been a great, a great cat, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a male, so we didn't take it. Um, that's just the way it goes. 
and it was cool and i'm perfectly okay with that because i'll get another crack at a at a cat hopefully next year and uh get a chance at a at a tom but anyway there's still management that has to be done with predators and you know you're still a sportsman about it you're doing you know you're doing your thing you're doing what's best for the habitat there what's best for the uh the mountain lions themselves as far as managing it um you know the goal is to kill the big old toms that are pushing out the younger toms i mean you, you got to keep the cycle going so that was that was the goal keep the females there keep the cycle kill out the big old toms that are past their prime probably and let the younger generation move in and take over so that was a plan but it was awesome man i I can't wait to go back mountain lion hunting again it's just a bucket list thing those those animals are just so majestic and just i don't know they're just badass they're awesome but tom the day i left so tom runs coster runs coyote he he traps out there he traps predators as well i mean you can't trap mountain lions you can't trap any big game but he's trapping bobcat and i guess coyotes and fox or whatever else but he's got a bobcat trap out there and the day that i left which i left on new year's eve the next day that's the day it was snowing he went out there and drove around his property and checked his bobcat traps um, on New Year's Day, and sure enough, he gets up to one of his bobcat traps, and there's a mountain lion in the trap, and he it was ended up being a male in there. It wasn't a big male; it was a younger male. So I don't know if we would have killed it if I was there, anyways. Probably not, because again, the goal is to kill one of the big old toms. But uh, that was in his trap, and he's got some awesome video. Follow, go to. Um, Instagram. If you're on Instagram, click on uh, search for Hooker Mountain Outfitters. So it'd be the at symbol Hooker H O O K E R underscore Mountain underscore Outfitters. Hooker underscore Mountain underscore Outfitters, and follow Tom Coster. Um, he just posted the video. I posted it a couple days ago of the. Uh, mountain lion in his trap i don't know if you can hear this i'll turn it up where's my volume at is it on i don't think it's i got my computer plugged up to this tv so i guess it's not playing the volume now you have to check it out yourself. But what I'm watching here is Tom walks up and he's doing a quick Instagram video. He's kind of giving you a pan of the mountain, how beautiful it looks up there with the fresh snow. And then he walks down to, with his camera, he's talking about you never know what you might get. And then you can see his bobcat traps, like a tube. And then inside the cage there is a mountain lion. But you got to check that out. Again, it's Instagram, hooker, underscore mountain, underscore outfitters. And give him a follow and check out that video. Then there's some pictures. Let me see here. Then there's some pictures, of just some still pictures of the 
cat inside there, one with its mouth open. Man, just wicked animals. Awesome. I love it. Absolutely love it. But and Tom's into all kinds of stuff there, man. He's got some well, he's a great hunter, number one, great trapper. But uh he's definitely a mountain man. He posts some pictures of various people that come hunt and what you're doing that you know, everything going on there. Yeah, so if you wanna hunt Hooker Mountain Outfitters, yeah, give Tom a call. You can go to hookermountainoutfitters.com again or hit his Instagram page, hooker underscore mountain underscore outfitters. Give him a follow. Um, go out there and hunt if you can. Get on the waiting list because he's booked up solid because it's such a fun hunt out there with, uh, you know, with elk and mule deer. He doesn't outfit. He doesn't outfit mountain lion hunting anymore, again, because it's so hard. He just kind of brings out friends and family. But uh, it's great, man. I can't wait to go back out there. All right, I'm going to wrap this thing up because i got to go. Drew has, my oldest son, has a basketball game tonight, and it's about a two-hour drive, so I'm going to have to hit the road pretty soon. My youngest, Jack, and Sam, the middle one, they're at home by themselves right now while I ran up here to finish up this this ATA video for Browning Trail Cameras. So I'm going to get going. I appreciate y'all listening. Again, remember next week we're going to be at the ATA show, the Browning Takeover. Follow us. Give us a listen. Follow it again. Browning Trail Cameras on Facebook. That's where we'll be posting links to every podcast we do, every podcast that they do. And then I will also share them on to the Break Facebook page as well. And you can just type in Hunt the Break in the search bar, and that will pull up our page. Like it, follow it, get notifications. And the Browning Trail Cameras Facebook page, Browning Trail Cameras. Type that in, and you'll get to their page. Again, like it, follow it, get notifications, so you don't miss any of our awesome podcasts. All right, that's it, y'all. We will talk to you next time you'll hear from us is at the ATA show during the Browning Takeover. So, thanks for listening. Catch y'all later. This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to The Break Podcast. 